everybody, and welcome back to the Average Film Enjoyer podcast. I'm one of your average film enjoyers, Jagger, and this is your other average film enjoyer, Trey. How are you doing today? I am doing so good. Um, yeah, I'm excited. We're starting this new series, and I'm excited where we're still going to be working our way through the IMDb Top 250, but I'm excited to talk about movies that have been on our mind personally that may, may or may not be on the IMDb Top 250. So I am looking forward to that very much. And this is a very special episode to me that I've just been sitting all day trying to collect what I'm going to say. Uh, and I think I have some ideas now. Um, today we are talking about two masterpieces of modern cinema, Her and Lost in Translation, both connected in a way that we'll discuss later. But in the meantime, we are just going to be talking about them as individual films. So I think we start with the older or, one should we do movie news first let's do movie news first that's my bad um the strike is ladies over. and gentlemen the strike is over Woo! um those corporate pigs have finally agreed to a deal with the actors and now we can talk all things movies 2023 i'm so excited and i can and make money now so exactly um and now that the strike is up we have a bunch of guests in the chamber that we've been waiting for the strike to be up so we can bring them on so you can be looking forward to some very very special guests um you know the first yeah. time average film enjoyer was ever promoted by anyone besides us which was gunch he actually spoiled the guest that we're working on right now <laughs> <laughs> so i don't even remember who it is uh is it yeah we'll talk about him when he when he comes on um <laughs> yeah yeah no i know i think i know who we're talking about yeah yeah um so our idea to celebrate the strike being over is we're going to be listing off our top five favorite movies from this year of this year so yep. far because Iron Claw is definitely going to crack top five. Let's all be honest. Oh, 100%, dude. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. I think that's my number one most anticipated for the rest of the year. Um, I'm just, I'm so excited for it. Um, because I don't think Ghostbusters comes out, the new Ghostbusters comes out till next year. I think it might be next October. Uh, but I'm very, they just released the trailer for that like last week. I don't know if you saw it or not, but I'm very excited. It looks super fun. No, I haven't seen the trailer, but I should watch. I have to rewatch the first one, and I have to watch Afterlife. Um, yeah, and then watch the Arit. Don't skip the one with like Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy. That one's no good and does a complete disservice to the originals. So just watch Ghostbusters one and two, and then Ghostbusters Afterlife. That's how uh, you do it. All right. Um, so who do you want to start off with the top five? Why don't you go ahead with your number five? We'll start from the bottom and then we'll, even though most people probably already know what my number one is and most people probably already know what your number one is. So quick honorable mention to, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, Priscilla, The Flash, and Inside all came very close. Um, but if we're going to start with my number five of the year so far, I'm going to go with Barbie. Good choice. Good choices. Yeah, I mean, 
if we're doing honorable mentions, I want to give one to Blackberry, which was outstanding. Um, can't really see what else. Blackberry, No Hard Feelings was also great. Um, oh, yeah, I also, mean, um, Talk to Me. Forgot to mention that one. Yeah, Talk... Uh, no, that, I think that's going to be my top five. But oh. Air, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Evil Dead Rise. Bo is Afraid. All of those great films. Um, but I think for my number five, I'm going to throw up Asteroid City. Easily my favorite Wes Anderson um i had an outstanding time with that film it's very close to a five i believe it sits at like an 89 for me can't totally remember um 89 yeah um so that's gonna be my number five for this year all right my number four i am actually gonna throw over to bo's afraid so much fun three hours never breezed by quite as fast Totally agree. That movie's a masterpiece. Um, all right. With my number two, of, or number three. Four. What number am I? Four. Thank you. Uh, with my number four of the year, I'm going to give that to Barbie. I think Barbie was a masterpiece. I think it's extremely well written. I think it's an absolutely visually stunning film. Um, and yeah, that's what I'm giving it number uh, four. All right, for my number three, I'm trying to think here. Or no, no, I think I've got it. Um, ooh. Yeah, no, number three is going to Tommy Wiseau's Big Shark. <laughs> Gosh, dude. Okay. So funny. Um, yeah, number three for me. Um, I think... I am going to give that to. I think I'm going to give that to Guardians of the Galaxy three. Really? Um, the last great Marvel movie. I have it at five stars. I thought it was an outstanding piece of cinema. Um, I think James Gunn just killed it with that trilogy, and it was such a great cap off to a great superhero trilogy. All right, for my number two, I'm actually going to throw it over to Asteroid City now. Um, second favorite Wes Anderson. Wait, giving it some thought, actually. I think that might be my favorite Wes Anderson. Um, what was your second? What was my second? I'm trying to decide between that and Grand Budapest, but I think I do prefer Asteroid City. Um, yeah. I've not been that happy in a movie in any time recently other than stop making sense um so just yeah incredible incredible film yeah with not my number two i'm gonna go with uh debatably the most visually stunning piece of media i have ever witnessed spider-man across the spider-verse uh, it made me so excited for spider-man beyond the spider-verse uh that we're hopefully gonna get in a couple years i thought it was just an outstanding film. Now, I have that one at a very, very strong four and a half. Yeah. However, my number one is my 99 out of 100, one of the most important movies to come out in the last 10 years. I'd say my second favorite to come out in the last 10 years. I'm going to comfortably give that to Killers of the Flower Moon. 
incredible. What movie. a surprise. <laughs> I mean, I I feel the same way about not my number one. I think it sits in my top ten of all time. I think it's this director's masterpiece. Um, I think it is going to sweep the Oscars this year. I'm going to go with Oppenheimer as my number one. Oppenheimer, uh, it, it's just, it's a perfect film. It's a perfect film. I'm just waiting for Paul Giamatti to, like, sneakily take that Oscar from Killian Murphy. After all the reviews I'm seeing for the holdovers, I'm like, oh, I really want to see this now. Yeah, man. It's, like, showing up in, like, all of those Oscar predictions, and I'm like, it's Alex Payne. He doesn't do that. But, yeah. I don't know. I mean, ele- Election could have never won an Oscar. Let's be honest. That Is that never... the same director? Yeah. It's Alex Payne. Weird. So, maybe Nebra- he's... I thought Nebraska was up. I think Bruce Dern was up for, like, Best Actor for Nebraska. What's Nebraska? Uh, this movie came out in 2013 with uh, Bruce Dern and Will Forte. Oh. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see that one. I, it's very good. Um, but yeah, we are glad the strike is up. Um, we will be... T- I'm going to try to make the movie news segment from now on a little bit longer. Coming at you with a, as much news as possible. Keep you guys updated on our new releases. Um, and we won't have to worry about another strike for another three years. Um, hopefully. Uh, so, yeah. Jagger, why don't we... Uh, you want to lead us into our movie reviews for the day? All right. So, um, I think we... S- sort of do this in chronological go with the first one first and then the second one second just because sure why not yeah just have some way to order it we -hmm. are going to be starting off by talking about lost in translation a sofia coppola movie almost as good as the bling ring um (laughs) i am a huge fan of this movie i love bill murray I find it very amusing myself that Scarlett Johansson found herself on both ends of this relationship. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, always portraying... Does she portray Sofia Coppola in both of these movies? In I think what another. is supposed to be... Yeah. Uh, Sofia Coppola. Yeah. So, good, good on you, Scarlett Johansson. Um... <laughs> Yeah, Lost in Translation is pure melancholy the whole time. Um, kind of beautiful, kind of poetic, but always very sad. Mm-hmm. And there are parts where, where that sadness gets mixed in with other emotions, and other parts where that sadness and complete isolation of the heart is the only thing shown um so i'll pass this over to you and ask you your initial thoughts on this movie i mean yeah it's i definitely don't like it as much as her which we will get into later i think i have her at like my number eight of all time um it's one of my favorite movies um it's great though 
It's so good. Um, and it's so good at uh, what both of these uh, both of these films like main theme is is loneliness. It's so good at portraying that just in the shot selection and and the music. I mean everything technical about this film is here to portray that feeling of loneliness. And I think it's done so well. I think we get great performances from both uh, Scarlett Johansson and Bill Murray. I think we get uh, also great performance for, from uh, Giovanni Rubisi, uh, who plays Scarlett Johansson's husband in the film. He's has small roles in a bunch of stuff, and I just love him. Um, <clears throat> yeah, this film is it's it's immaculate it's super stylistic uh it's it's very very sofia coppola ish and i think this is where she this is where she kind of started to figure out what her style was and she really like gave it her all uh to like put that style into her film i wouldn't exactly say this is where sofia coppola found herself have you seen the virgin suicides i have not um but i mean this was her second film so i guess the virgin suicides could you know well i mean uh, i guess saying finding yourself on your first film is a little bit like cocky and arrogant so she found herself in this one um (laughs) yeah this is a movie that like you said is all around in some way attached to loneliness and mm-hmm. I think Bill Murray's performance in this was great. On that note, have you seen the video of Bill Murray after losing the Oscar for this movie? No, I haven't. Have you ever seen the video of Burt Reynolds losing the Oscar for Boogie Nights? No, I haven't. Okay. Um, Bill Murray lost the Oscar, and you see the blood drain out of his face... With the slowest, most, like, spiteful clap ever. And it is very, very amusing. Um, I don't know what won that year, but he gave a great performance in this. So I really have trouble believing that it was a better performance. Uh, if- let's see. Uh, it would be the 2004 Oscars. Yeah. Keep going, keep going while I look this up. Now, this did come out in the same year as The Room, so if Tommy Wiseau won, we'll all be like, oh, okay, now I get it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this is a fantastic film. The color choice in this movie is unlike a lot of movies besides something you'd get out of, like, Wes Anderson. Um, I think that this is a truly magnificent film. That should be watched by everyone because it's almost relatable in a sense. Mm-hmm. And we'll get back to the relatability with her. Um, yeah, and I think that one of the things, another thing that this film does really well to utilize that feeling of loneliness is the fact that they are in a foreign country and and that all these scenes where we get like 
uh, Scarlett Johansson's character, where we get her walking around the city alone. Like, there's there's always this, like, border or wall between her and the people around her because they don't speak the same language. Um, and so she may be surrounded by all these people, but in reality, she's on her own. And by the way, um, in 2003, the nominees for Best Actor in a Leading Role were uh, Sean Penn for Mystic River, um, Ben Kingsley for House of Sand and Fog, haven't seen that, Jude Law for Cold Mountain, Bill Murray for Lost in Translation, and you'll love this one, uh, Johnny Depp for Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Um, he was nominated for actor in a leading role at the Oscars that year. What a half-star um, performance from him. Um, but Sean Penn, Sean Penn won that year for Mystic River, Here's which the I'm thing. not surprised. He, he gives a great performance in that film. I have not seen Mystic River. However, it's very, very good. It's very good. It's very, very good. Yeah. Do you think more it's people- not? It's 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 not like uh, it's not an Oscar snub, in my opinion. I'm like, it could have gone to either Sean Penn or Bill Murray and I would have been happy, you know, like yeah. both of them deserve it. But do more people talk about Bill about Lost in Translation or Mystic River? I think, I don't know. I mean, I've heard Mystic River talked about a lot more than Lost in Translation, but maybe that's just the communities I'm in. Um, But I know a lot more people who have seen Mystic River than Lost in Translation. All right, maybe I'm wrong then. All right, I don't know. But yeah, very, very good performance on both of their parts. But... But uh, Sofia Coppola did win. Um, she won. What did she win? I think she won Best Original Screenplay, which is actually another connection that this and her have. Both her and Lost in Translation won Best Original Screenplay um, in their perspective years, um, which I found very interesting. And also very fair. Both of them are extraordinary films. So. Yeah. Yep. I think we can um, use this as a transition into her because I love Lost in Translation. I have it in a 98.5 out of 100. I think I do prefer it, but I do also think I have more to say about her. What? I still have, I mean, okay. Yeah, okay. No, I feel good. I feel good about, I mean, maybe we, we can always come back to it if we have more stuff we want to say about Lost in Translation, but I feel good about it right now. Yeah. But her. Her. So, First of all, Lost in Translation, um, I have the Oscars pulled up here. Uh, Where'd you go? Oh, God. Her. Whatever. Um, Her, man. Released in 2013. Um, Spike Jones directed... Joaquin Phoenix, Amy Adams, Rooney Mara, Scarlett Johansson. Can I politely uh, ask how you go from jackass to her? Spike Jones, man. He's just that guy. He's just So that if you guy. don't know, we forgot to do this with lots in translation, but that's fine. If you don't know, her is uh is a uh, f- futuristic romance film it's a science fiction romance 
Um, it is based in the near future in Los Angeles. Um, and it takes place, our main character is Theodore Twombly, played by the great Joaquin Phoenix. And basically, um, this tech company comes out with uh, what they call an OS, OS1. It's an AI operating system. Um, and basically, um, I mean, Theodore picks one up. And because it's an AI, it becomes sentient so she become her name is samantha played she's voiced by scarlett johansson um and she ba they basically like fall in love and it's one of the most beautiful love stories i think that's ever been told so quickly, um, and I'm, never fails to make me cry so i'm gonna quickly throw out a spoiler warning because i have a lot i want to say and spoilers are going to be a problem here. So if you want to pause this and go watch this movie, I recommend you do it now because any moment missing out on this movie is any moment you are missing out on debatedly the pinnacle of all romance cinema besides the Before Sunset and Before Sunrise, but besides the point. Um, the Before Trilogy. Fantastic. So Her is from 2013, and I start my mm -hmm. review on Letterboxd by saying truly heartbreaking, because that's what this is. Um, I have to say 97 yeah. out of 100 for five stars. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know, I know exactly what you mean, because every, I mean, there's a few moments throughout the film where, like, I'll well up, and I'll get kind of teary. Like, the line that always gets me is when he says... I feel like I've felt everything that I'm going to feel. And from here on out, all I'm going to feel is lesser versions of what I've already felt. Yes. That line, every time, it's like someone is taking my heart and just like, you know, just ripping it open. But the line that at the end that always gets me is when they're having like that final conversation, Theodore and Samantha and yeah he says are are we alone are you just talking to me and she says i'm just talking to you and then i'm like oh you know it's also um the part that really hit me because i was just sort of sitting watching this i was in silence so i had room for me to feel all the emotions that i was going to feel in this a roller coaster ride of a movie mm -hmm. and i'm not afraid to admit that i cry in a lot of movies um i'm an yeah. emotional guy uh and the only movie that has ever made me feel sick crying until last night was the whale the mm -hmm. whale hit me like a rock to the head however in her the moment that really hit me was that moment when it's sort of just him talking to her and he says something along the lines of and i don't remember the exact line but it's something along the lines of how many people are you talking to right now and then she gives him a number i think it's like eight thousand something yeah and then you see his and joaquin phoenix a mastermind he's so actor, damn good you can see as the emotion slowly starts to dim. And for a good amount of this movie, he had been riding this high all the way up here. And you can see the downfall of the character through Joaquin's performance. 
hats mm-hmm. off to you, man. That's a hard thing to do as an actor. Um, so he displays it, and then he sort of plateaus for a minute down here, and he says to her in like an almost shaky voice, he's sort of like this, and he says, how many people of those people have you fallen in love with? And she says like 643. And then he just goes down and down. Oh no, now I'm tearing up. Um, And he's just down, down, down. And you just see every... It's like he's falling down the stairs and you see his head hit every single step on the way down. And it's yeah. so sad. <laughs> and there's yeah. a lot of parts of this movie that are just really sad. That final conversation, like final, final conversation. Mm-hmm. I was crying through that whole thing. Um, I teared up when she said, did Samantha leave you too? Oh my gosh, dude, you have no idea how hard that hits me. Like, I don't want to come on here and get, like, super vulnerable and, like, why this... Because I think that... I think that's the really powerful thing about both these films, but specifically this film, is that if you have had your heart broken in any way, and Jagger, you're a young guy, you're 13, you haven't... If you've gotten your heart broken, um, there is so much from this film that just, (laughs) it's, I mean, both of these films, man. And that's what's so beautiful is both of these films are so human and they're so like, they're so accurate to the human experience. Um, God, dude, it's, this movie comes straight from the heart and everything is so raw. And I wanted to say sort of like a, if you don't cry during this movie, what are you doing? Like, this is, this is a sad movie. Um, and putting that aside for a minute, there's one scene Mm -hmm. in particular in this movie that I found to be super, like, poetic. So to just quickly discuss the scene for a minute, there is a few sexual scenes in this movie, um, Mm -hmm. but there's one scene that starts off going into that direction and then cuts to a black screen, and all you get is audio. And in that moment that regardless of it being, like, an awkward scene, it is a super beautiful scene. Um, When the screen goes black, it is almost blurring the line between whether or not it's a human or an OS. Um, Because despite the fact that Samantha is an AI, in this moment, human or AI, they are both feeling human-like emotion. 
they are yeah. both feeling this moment that is number one a huge riveting point for Theodore's character because this is the point when you really see him fall in love with Samantha and this is also the first moment when Samantha displays this super layered almost human like factor so having this black screen as a representation of a way to blur the line between human and OS as real and fake doesn't matter in that moment is truly truly beautiful um I don't think I know a single other directorial choice that would have made this kind of decision work this perfectly. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't think I could name another director who would have thought of that. And I think yeah. that it was so perfect that I was almost mesmerized in the moment. Like, wait a minute. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 and I think, I mean, I think, I don't know if we've talked about this on the pod, but I know we, me and you have talked about this, how, like, I don't mind sex in movies. I don't. I don't mind nudity. I don't mind anything like that. I mind it when it's just there to have it. You know, like, we're just going to be put a sex scene in here just to have a sex scene, or we're just going to put nudity in here just to have nudity like it has to serve a purpose and both sex scenes in this film serve a purpose especially that second one that you were just talking about i think it is an absolutely beautiful and intimate sex scene that is just oh it's so damn good it's just i think Mike he... jones man what a director i think you brought that up with the handmaiden when that yeah, yeah yeah me and wes were talking about that yeah. um yeah and it, so you talked about walking phoenix's acting in this yes. i have a question for you um so he's not my favorite actor that's working right now but i do think he is easily the best actor working right now what are your thoughts on that i mean he is just like or where does he go among like your all-time I mean, because one, I mean, he is so good in everything he he's in, and two, he has so much range. Okay, here's the thing: when it comes to all time, he's never touching your Pacinos or your De Niro's. Um, Whoa! Yes. Oh, I put him way above Pacino. I think there's a conversation to be had about De Niro, but I put him above Pacino easily. Have you ever seen Dog Day Afternoon? Yes, you have, yeah. and you're still saying that. Ouch. All right. I think Joaquin Phoenix has way more range than Pacino has ever had. Whoa! <laughs> hey, here, let me name some of these Joaquin Phoenix characters. Go for, for it, you. Bo. Let me name... Joaquin Phoenix went from playing um, a diabolical evil villain... In Joker. Gladiator. Oh, Gladiator. To yeah. playing one of the greatest country artists of all time in um, Walk the Line. Yep. To her, where he plays this kind of dorky, nerdy, super lovable and beautiful character 
mm-hmm. to the Joker, where he plays a psychopath. Yep. And there is a bunch of stuff in the middle of those. Name a person who has more range than that. Um, Al Pacino. Hey, let's name some Al Pacino characters. He goes from being a mob guy to being another mob guy to being a cop who finds mob guys to being a mob guy. Yeah. Well, that's that's of- some serious range. And I'm not saying Pacino's bad. Like, I think he's really, really good at what he does, but I think he does the same thing every time. Sea of Love and Justice for All, Glen- Gary Glenn Ross, Cruising, Serpico, Donnie Brasco, Scent of a Woman, all the Godfather movies, Devil's Advocate, where he plays it's Satan. It's the same, you can't use all the Godfather movies, it's the same character. Okay, it's the same character. Corleone, uh, Michael Corleone, Insomnia, Devil's Advocate. I haven't seen the Oceans movies, but he's in Oceans 13. Dog Day Afternoon, House of Gucci, Heat, Irishman, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, Scarface. Are you telling me that his rags-to-riches performance in Scarface is anything short of masterful? No. I think it's fine. Okay. What about the Dunkachino in Jack and Jill? How about that? <laughs> um... Glenn Gary the worst Glenn... movie ever made. Mm, I don't know, man. <laughs> that what's that other Adam Sandler movie that I try to forget about? That really ri- mm. ridiculous six. Oh, I watched that when I was like twelve, and I was like, that wasn't terrible. Oh, it was terrible. Um, Sea of Love, incredible film. He plays a detective mm-hmm. hunting down like a serial killer or something. No, yeah, I think it's a serial killer. And Justice for All, he plays a lawyer, plays it perfectly. Sea of Love, you know what other movie he plays? A detective hunting down a serial killer? Insomnia. Does the same thing. Okay, man, but Sea of Love has Samuel L. Jackson. I'm just saying, I think Joaquin Phoenix is a better actor. And I never said Pacino was bad. I think Pacino is great. I think he's an outstanding actor. But I do think there are few people as good as Joaquin Phoenix. I personally would have, and I'm being honest with you, I have Pacino as my number one, De Niro as my number two. Mm, I have, uh, let's see, I have Joaquin Phoenix at number one. I have De Niro at number two. Um, I probably have Christian Bale at number three or four. Um, I don't think Christian Bale touches anywhere near them i think christian bale's that's, great that's i don't think he's one slander. of the the greats of all time though slander it's slander yeah it is all right let's get back i mean her just her. a masterpiece of a film um you should definitely go check it out make sure you're with someone where you can talk about it after because you will cry if you have a heart um and any given sunday as well forgot to mention that one um yeah this movie will make you cry quite a bit it's so damn good it's so damn good um yeah um do you want to kind of go into what i mean we can talk about what these films mean to each other i mean just real quick and then we can go into high and low how's that sound Cool. Um, so essentially, so Spike Jones, um, director of her, 
And I'll just do a quick little spiel on this because I have a good article pulled up and a few notes. All right, yeah. Uh, Spike Jones and Sofia Coppola uh, were married in the year 1999. They divorced in 2003. Um, then in 2003, Sofia Coppola came out with the film uh, Lost in Translation. Um, and then 10 years later in 2013, Spike Jones came out with the film Her. Um, and now I don't know if it's ever actually been confirmed um, by these two directors, um, but it is speculated and rumored that both of these movies are the director's perspectives on their own relationship with each other, which is why we decided to do these as a dual episode today. So in Lost in Translation, um, obviously Sofia Coppola is supposed to be Scarlett Johansson, um, and uh, Spike Jones is apparently supposed to be uh, John Giovanni Ribisi's character. Um, and then in her, Spike Jones is supposed to be Theodore, uh, again, obviously. And Sofia Coppola is supposed to be uh, Catherine, his ex-wife. Um, or I believe it's a combination between Catherine and Samantha. Samantha, yeah. Um, and so these films are rumored to be both their both of their perspectives on their own relationship. Um, and, and I think that's really beautiful um, that they um, that you can use like the medium and art to kind of help express what you're feeling. Um, I think that's really cool. Um, I also think that the chances of this being true are very high just because like these both of these films are so similar. I mean, if you watch them back to back, like I did last night, you pick up so many in the cinematography and the color schemes in the themes of loneliness and heartbreak and, and troubles in a marriage. And I mean, everything about these films just, it's very, very similar. Um, but obviously this is all speculation. Um, we don't actually know this, um, but I think it kind of adds this fun kind of third layer to both of these films um, and makes for a good double feature. So uh, this Friday night, if you need a good double feature to watch with your significant other. Um, I mean, it's definitely going to be a double feature that'll leave you out of breath, but why not go for it? Yeah. Maybe we just call this series Friday Night Double Features. Um, oh, so that's a good idea. I th do you like that? What do you think? I like it. Because we're doing two we next Friday. How are we always going to morph it into double features? We'll just pick like two movies that go well together. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is your double feature for tonight is Lost in Translation, which is streaming on netflix currently and then her i don't know where it's streaming because i have the blu-ray jagger where did you watch it i had to rent it on prime well you can rent it on prime um let me see here it is yeah you have to rent it but it is totally worth it or honestly media. if you yeah you should buy it um it's an outstanding film that is worth having i've watched it four times in the past year um yeah, so that's your uh, 
That is your Friday night double feature from the average film enjoyer, fellas. Lost in Translation and Her. Um, both oh. uh, perspectives on these directors' uh, own relationship. Um, yeah, I like that. Like, I like Friday night double features. You come out with this on like a Friday morning and then people can go watch the movies Friday night and be like, hey, now I can listen to the average film enjoyer on their reviews of both these films. Wait until we get to the Saturday Night Fever, Babylon, and Boogie Nights triple feature. That's when it gets crazy. Oh my <laughs> gosh, that would be an insane episode. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's that that's gotta go in here at some point now. Oh, that's too perfect. Well, I was already thinking we do like a Damien Chazelle watch like during like two weeks. Damien Chazelle part one and Damien Chazelle part two, and one episode we do Whiplash and First Man, both movies about striving um to be the best at something and um fully committing yourself and then do babylon and la la land which are both like musicals apparently oh um, and we got a group saturday night fever and boogie nights that's 70s ultra double yeah feature. that's crazy <laughs> yeah um yeah so that's your uh double feature for tonight her and uh Lost in translation. Yeah, kind of lost it there for a second. You were lost um, in translation. Holy cow! So you remember uh, Sexy Kitten from the uh, beginning of the film? Oh, yeah. The one where he... My bad. I was kind of... <laughs> Guess who voiced Sexy Kitten? Who? Uh, Kristen Wiig. Really? Yeah, I just figured that out. That's wild. <laughs> All right. All right. Wow. You want to get into our hot... Well, join us next Friday for our Friday night double feature, which, uh, I, will, which I have chosen already. I'm very excited. It's, uh, to, this one will be like your relationship double feature, so this would be a good one to watch with a significant other. Um, next Friday night, I mean... I'm going to call it the dumb fun double feature. Um, and this would be a good one to just watch with your boys, you know, just like dumb fun action movies. Um, we will be reviewing uh, the Amer American Ultra starring Jesse Eisenberg and Kristen Stewart um, and Baby Driver directed by Edgar Wright. Um, hopefully we can change Jagger's opinion on Edgar Wright with this film. Um, I think we will. Uh, that stars Ansel Elgort and Kevin Spacey, who are both fucking terrible humans, but are great in the film. Um, Jamie Jamie Lee Fox and John Hamm and John Bernthal are all also. Ah, oh, dang it! Not John Bernthal. Yes, why? Why do you not like? Why? What? I, I don't like John Bernthal. He's a... what? No, he's obnoxious. I don't like him. You were in a show with him. I know, but I can say my opinion. I think he's... Why do you not like him? No, he was just, like, super arrogant. Am I when you to talk say... to him? Yeah, am I able to say this? Or am I going to no, get in trouble? No, don't tell me this. Oh, am I going to get in trouble No, now? if you tell me this, you have to say, let me tell you something. Let me, let, let me tell you something. You want to hear something? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Uh, he's a super arrogant human being who thinks that he's better than everyone. Dang it, dude! Uh, 
That makes me sad. All right. Well, it, we're excited. Uh, double feature next Friday night. American Ultra, Baby Driver. Um, if you want to prepare, go ahead. We will have our reviews for that out next Friday morning. Um, so do you want to get into what we've been watching uh, this week, Jagger? Sure. I mean, I have, like, not a lot. But since Into it's the Wild. It's really since Into the Wild. Yeah. Let's I watched see. The Kid in the Camera, the short. Um, Five Nights at Freddy's again. Again. Yep. <laughs> We're getting it up to ten, baby. Let's go. Uh, her, Pingu's the thing, the thingu. Oh, how was that? The thingu? Oh, it it was super funny. <laughs> it was super funny. <laughs> really? I need to check that out. I used to watch Pingu all the time when I was a kid. Like, the dog explodes and there's blood flying all over the face. Go, noot, noot, and then it runs away. Uh, very funny. Um, then I watched <laughs> Rob Cantor's Shia LaBeouf Live. Shia LaBeouf Real Cannibal very funny wait you can you can log that on letterboxd yes you can just a normal friday night for shia labeouf oh my (laughs) god i went when i first figured out about that song i listened to that at least four times a day (laughs) it's so funny i had never so stupid i had never seen it before so seeing it i was kind of like whoa this is something wait she isn't dead. Shy a surprise. There's a, <laughs> there's a gun to your head and a knife in his and like death in his eyes or something. I can't remember all the lyrics. I haven't watched that in a long time. Oh. Then I watched Fear and Shame, the one where Robert Pattinson eats the hot dog. Uh, that was funny. Um, then I watched Doodlebug, the Christopher Nolan short. I didn't get it, but it was interesting to watch. Then I watched I Myth, which Owen had logged, Patnod. Uh, and I was like, oh. That was artsy and cool. All right. Uh, then I watched the Thanksgiving short in preparation of the movie this month. Yeah. So I'm ready. So have you just been watching a bunch of shorts? I watched the shorts because I had been on here since 5 o'clock. Or no, not 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock? 4 o'clock. I got on at 4. Um, And I was just kind of sitting around on here, so I just watched a bunch of shorts. Holy cow! I see that now yeah um shia labeouf live <gasps> this is going on the watch list the ending you'd never and then i'm gonna i'm gonna watch it and then i'm gonna give it five stars that's what i'm gonna do that's a reference to the video <laughs> yeah I'm, wait he is a dead shy surprise <laughs> god that's the best line in the song <laughs> um review by God, dude, that, that video is so funny um for me personally what have i been watching um i don't know why we call this high low anymore we don't do like a highlight and a low light we just like yeah i watched this and then i watched this and this was kind of shit but then i watched this and that was really good and yeah, we oh, just well, kind of go through what we've been watching my high is other than five, uh, her because we already. That's. A, I'm not her. saying like that's a bad thing. I'm just oh. saying that's a that's like it. That's it's like it's just funny. It's funny to me. Oh, uh, all right, good. Yeah, um, and yeah. So I haven't watched that much either. God, this movie has some shitty posters. Um, do you ever go to a movie and to change the poster? Because one. That is the most one of the most pleasing things on Letterbox is to change the poster. Dude, did you see I mean, my I saw, poster for I her? saw your her poster. 
Dude, that's the greatest thing about TMDB is that anybody <laughs> can book posters on there of literally anything they want. God, dude, that poster. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, no, I watched this week. Uh, I started with Nerve, um, which was a film that I remember coming out in 2016 that I always wanted to check out. Has uh, Emma Roberts and Dave Franco. Um, it was it wasn't good, but it was enjoyable, um, and I had a good time with it. I would recommend that one right now. It's streaming on Prime. Um, just a nice little ninety minute thriller. Like if you want to watch it while you play video games, it's like a perfect time to watch it. Um, I watched it while I was playing Fortnite. Um, dude, I've been grinding. Oh, and then I watched this one called The Lodge. So this is one I actually wanted to talk about, and this is one, Jagger, you need to add to your whiteboard um, now that I know that's where you watch, get your movies from. Yeah, The Lodge. It is directed by uh, Veronica Franz and Sev Severin Fiala. Um, do you, did you ever see the German horror film Goodnight Mommy? No, but now that you mention it, I forgot. I have it on DVD. I didn't even remember that movie. Thanks for okay. the reminder. <laughs> well, you should check that one out as well. That's a great horror film. Um, I think I liked this one better, though. They directed this one called The Lodge. And the entire time, all I could think was, how does Ari Aster not have his hand in this? Because it, it feels like they watched Hereditary and were like, Oh, we could do something like that. I mean, the cin cinematography is, and the shot selection is a very, I mean, it's really similar to an Ari Aster film, um, and it's really quite good, so you should definitely check that one out. Kind of like cult, um, psycho horror type deal. All right, yeah, hold on, give me a second. Well, we're doing this once an episode now. Give me something, I'll put it up here. Come on. What's it called, The Lodge? The Lodge. Yeah, all right. And uh, Jaden Martell is in it, and that's, like, the kid. He plays the lead in both It movies. He's in Knives Out. He He's one of the better younger actors working today. All right, well, there it is now, right above Brokeback Mountain, which I have still not seen. What? Oh, that movie's uh, outstanding. I love Brokeback Mountain. I got to ask you, kind of going back to her, I wanted to ask you, what were your expectations going into that film? Um, this is the last thing I'll ask, and then I'll do the rest of my movies that I've watched. Um, I'm just wondering, because I know I've built it up a lot. Yeah, I was expecting a masterpiece, because you built it up. And you got a masterpiece. To the high heavens, and I got a masterpiece, so I'm happy. Wait, did it exceed your expectations, or it, did I... At a 97 out of 100... More? At a 97 out of 100, it just met my expectations. <laughs> that is good. I'm glad. Because when you were, when I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, God, I built this movie up so much. I hope it doesn't, like, it's not, like, a letdown because of how much I've built it up. Okay. I just wanted to ask about that. Well, just so you know, I have had Baby Driver built up for me so much. Uh, so it better be good. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say about Baby Driver. Um... You're not going into this for the for a good script. You're not going. In, it has a fine script. It has a great story. Some uh, it has some really fun moments. Here here is what I find. So why if I'm this going movie... in 
expecting like taxi driver level quality i'm gonna be like let down severely disappointed yes oh god um here here is why here's why this film is fun do you know how sometimes in movie trailers they will synchronize the action to like whatever song is playing yeah and it's like super satisfying and sick as hell and like there's edits on youtube doing that yeah are you a fan of that like do you find it pleasing when that happens i mean i like it yeah the entire movie is like that the entire movie every single part of this film is synchronized with whatever music is playing it's outstanding that just sounds like gimmicky <laughs> just trust me okay it's right. very very good right. yeah i love it and if you don't like it i will understand um right. okay i also watched uh ray um the uh biopic about ray charles love ray charles hated this movie um biopics just really don't do it for me i think on average i have them rated very low like i don't think i have bohemian rhapsody logged but that's probably like a star for me that's um well and watch all that jazz watch all that jazz oh no i plan on it it's just most biopics they follow the same like stupid formula and it's they fall in love they break up with the band and then they go back to the band because the love doesn't work out and the people in the band don't like them anymore because they left in the first place and now they're sad and then they drugs and then biopic essentially yeah yeah um and then i watched her and lost in translation did a double feature last night um and then it was kind of late when i finished lost in translation so i was like i don't really want to start something else so i watched uh the kid in the camera um i don't give ratings to documentary uh shorts or limited series anything that's not a film i won't give a rating to just because i'd have to be a completely different rating system um genuinely terrifying i loved it and it was creepy as fuck it scared Um, me real bad i did not like that at all (laughs) go check out uh kid in the camera on youtube um I will I'll have, we'll have Jagger uh, put the link to that in the description of this video. Yeah. Um, so if you just go down to this cr- description, click the link, and you'll be taken to that short and check it out. It's really well done. That um, part, it's a really good horror short. That part where it just shows the guy's pants. Ugh. Yeah, dude. That I was like, <gasps> the kid without the know? feet. Ah, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then this morning I watched Spider-Man: Far From Home. Um, I think that's the best out of the Tom Holland Spider-Man films. Wait, Trey, um, have, have you still not seen Scandamarink? No, I haven't. Oh, well then at some point I'm doing the movies that scare Jagger double feature, because there's two of them. Um, and... Cool. <laughs> yeah. Is it that and, uh, and, um... Is it that and Sleepaway oh, what's Camp? what's the other one? What's the... Oh, is it Sleepaway Camp? That what m- was the one we talked about recently? Oh, Prisoners? That really scared you. What's it? Like the Denis Villeneuve film? Yeah. That one, that scared you? That freaked me I mean, me that out. makes me feel like depressed, but it didn't scare me. Oh, something about, something about that movie really freaked me out. On this Friday Night Double Feature series, <sighs> we will do a Denis Villeneuve, like, go through his filmography at some oh, point. Oh, Requiem I would for like a Dream. To. That's what we were talking about. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. But I would like to go through Denis Villeneuve's filmography because I think, on average, he's my highest rated director. Uh, my highest. Is and then. What is my Kubrick? highest? Kubrick? Probably. Probably. I just have like four or five Denis films at five stars. Oh, I think should, he's a master. We should do a Kubrick double feature. I know both of them are on the 250, but we've got to just get a double feature with Eyes Wide Shut and Clockwork Orange. Please. Have, yeah. You've um, seen. And then the. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just like mapping something out in my head. All right, continue. Yeah. Um, and then we, uh, I wa- right before we recorded today, I watched Thank You for Your Service with Miles Teller. Came out in 2017, and that was fine. It was nothing more than fine. Um, if you like emotional war movies, um, you'd probably like this. I don't know why the fuck Amy Schumer was in here. Fuck Amy uh... Schumer. You, are you also on the Amy Schumer hate train? Who isn't? You know she stole jokes from John Mulaney, right? Oh, yes, I do. You don't do that. God, dude, I hate that. Like, you can you can use ideas that other people have used, but she, like, stole multiple jokes word for word. No one steals from Baby J. Not on my uh, yeah, watch. Yeah, she's, she's not funny. She's um, so unfunny. Which is why I've stayed away from, like, like I've done like Judd Apatow watch throughs and I've stayed away from Trainwreck, even though Bill Hader is in it. Yeah, I want to watch Trainwreck. I-, I know Amy Schumer's in it, but like, come on. Yeah, it's got Bill Hader. But yeah, that's what I've been watching this week. Thanks for listening with us today. Um, we always appreciate the support. Uh, go check out our merch on our website. The uh, the link is in the description of our channel. Um and uh we appreciate the support we have some dope merch up right now go check it out go copy our uh, average film enjoyer paddleball set um pickleball pickleball set not paddleball i don't know what the hell paddleball is probably nothing oh no paddleball um, paddleball so exists but pickleball is better because you can play paddleball like pickleball but different i think the paddle's a little bigger something oh weird i don't know why i said that um you leave us a like sorry that's my dog barking in the background i don't know why uh like this video let us know down in the comments what you think of your our friday night double feature um if you've seen either or you watch either of them let us know down in the comments what you think um and in the comments start uh telling us like double features episodes like movies that would go well together and of and reviews you would like to hear um and we will we'll try to work some of those in um we probably won't get that many so if you let us know something you want to hear uh we will probably do it so just let us know something you would like to hear us review um and we'll work it into our episodes um if you want to follow us on our socials i'm trey the film noob essentially everywhere he is jagger film fan on letterbox jagger the movie guy on instagram and twitch and jagger film reviews on tiktok um which i believe he's doing some streaming on twitch recently at least he was yesterday streaming some five nights at freddy's um so he's kind of yeah i think jagger's jagger's becoming more active everywhere essentially yeah um he's uh, what are what's your twitter handle um jagger the jagger film reviews yeah jagger film reviews on tiktok and twitter um and again thank you for joining us today on the average film enjoyer join us on tuesday for our next episode of the IMDb series, we'll be reviewing The Wizard of Oz. 
And then join us next Friday for our dumb fun double feature for American Ultra and Baby Driver. And thank you for joining us on The Average Film Enjoyer.